Hey, welcome to the Atomic Weight of Cheese with your hosts, Mike Bakovin, Chad Planbeck, and Steph Romanski. Okay. <laughs> I did my falsetto motherfucker for nothing? <laughs> we'll do it again. <laughs> I wouldn't Fix say for post. nothing. <laughs> well, I did it for me. <laughs> no, that was uh, whenever I landed a really, like a one-shot kill in Villains, uh, there was a non-zero chance of me going, motherfucker, over Skype just to make Sean laugh. <laughs> and with that, welcome to the Atomic Weight of Cheese, where real life is cult cinema. Cult cinema is frequently real life i'm mike and steph hey mike who are those other two guys well uh we are celebrating our 50th episode here at the atomic weight of cheese 50 guys round of applause 50 (laughs) (laughs) and we thought on this auspicious occasion on us doing 50 of anything much less a a freaking podcast (laughs) that we need to record and put out and such that we would invite our very good friends from the fiasco family to come and join us for this uh for this podcast so this is uh tim leonard this is sean frost guys introduce yourselves or something hi i'm not sean (laughs) i'm not tim and that is cleared (laughs) up i'm I wouldn't ask right. anybody else to do this. <laughs> uh, we we are uh, network mates for uh, with you right now on the Prescribed Films Podcast Network. Um, I'm Tim Leonard, founding member of the Celluloid Zeros Film Blog Collective. Ooh, I did not know that. I learned something today. <laughs> yeah, yeah and do another franchise kill. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to type seven thousand words on RoboCop three. <laughs> oh my god! It's all right, I'm retired. <laughs> so what we're going to do is we're going to we're going to do a topic, but real quick, if you guys have not listened to the Fiasco uh, family watch a movie, you guys should do that immediately because they do some fantastic work over there. I'm a personal fan of the podcast, guys. You do a great podcast, and we appreciate it. Then appreciate you coming on. Oh, we're happy to be here, Mike. Hooray! So I, I will always treasure that on your very first episode, you said, well, if those guys can do it. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> Wait a second. And to be fair, and to be fair, that was like our seventh attempt. So. <laughs> it was! <laughs> Hey, and it stuck for 50 episodes. Man, that's good. So, all right, I'm going to kick off the podcast with a little bit of a story. So I am in, uh, since I'm kind of a, a, a big dork, um, I'm in a singing group. I've been in a singing group for five years. And I realized I was in this singing group with a bunch of people who were not like me once when we were at a uh, get-together. And for some reason, the topic of punk music came up. And I started talking about Penelope Spears' documentary, uh, The End of Western Civilization, right? And oh, yeah, yeah, okay. I, I describe it, and I go into how great it is and all this sort of stuff. And two of the guys in this group look at, look at me and go, huh, I don't want to go to any party you're going to throw. <laughs> wow. So Ow. Just because Sounds like what... you don't want them there. Well, yeah. to be fair, I'll notice of... they're not on the podcast. That is true. <laughs> And to be fair, one of them is a goat farmer by trade. Like, seriously, a goat farmer. Wonderful bass voice, but a goat farmer. So, that being said... Um, goats are cool! Goats are yeah! Cool. And delicious! That is true. <laughs> so, that being said, we... Uh, our, our, uh, uh, Chad came up with a fantastic uh, idea kind of based uh, on that concept. Chad, you want to introduce it? 
Uh, basically, um, pick a movie that you would take to a house party that this is a two part question. One that will get you invited back and another film that two will guarantee that you never get invited to one of their parties ever again. Oh, so. <laughs> I'm so spoiled for choice for this. <laughs> I know. It was hard I know. to narrow it down. Tim and I show each other those all the time. <laughs> Have you heard the good news about Telstar, the Joe Meese? <laughs> how Very good. I was thinking, not a I was thinking that was going to be both of your answers. <laughs> <laughs> it, it depends on the party. <laughs> it does, and I think it also depends on who you are and the type of person that you don't want at a party. Because I was, I posed this question to my family over dinner today, and they're like, oh, we could do Mac and Me. I'm like, no, 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 no. Mac and Me at least has a good heart, even if it is, you know, a shameless piece of trash. You know, it's like... It, it, I, I, I'll get to my picks, but it's like, I'm going to be the type of person at a party who you don't want at a party. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I will say I went to a party where it was like a board game night, but they had more people than board games. And I brought Roar and it was a huge hit. <laughs> quick, quick tangent. Uh, I told my, my, uh, my 67 year old father that we were renting Roar from the draft house he rented it, and it became. He is now hosting a roar watch party with his friends. It is the. It, 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 it <laughs> oh, fantastic! <laughs> you come from good stock, Mike. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> roar! So. Roar! roar. So. Roar. Man, that, man, that elephant was a dick. Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> Rewatching it, yes, that elephant just kind of came in and just wrecked everything up. So it's the best. <laughs> so I think we'll start with the good, the movie that you will want to want to bring to a house party and introduce everybody. And uh, why don't we kick on the randomizer to see who goes first? Oh, then it'll be Sean. <laughs> it's Sean. Sean's going to go first. Actually, we're going to go in order of my Zoom meeting. So it's going to go Sean, then Steph, then Tim, then me, then Chad. <laughs> Totally random. <laughs> Curse my typing skills. It's a Z. It was a Z. I got, I got here first, and I'm going third. <laughs> so That's Sean. how democracy works, Tim. <laughs> I'm fully aware of this, Sean. But I don't have to like it. <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, so I, I have a kind of personal theory about watching movies in groups and that is you don't want to watch movies of a certain quality <laughs> like like you don't i don't want to show something that you have to like really pay attention to what's going on in order to follow because everyone's going to be talking everyone's going to be quipping dialogue's going to be missed so you know i want to make sure that it's something just ridiculous um so i was going to react i have a couple of choices and i was going to react based on what everybody else did but since i am the winner uh, <laughs> i'm gonna go from winner yeah winner where's my chicken um <laughs> so uh from personal ex i'll draw this from personal experience uh one of the places i worked uh, a happiness officer, self-designated, came up to me and was like, we need to do a movie day. I'm like, okay, I'm on board. Yeah. Bring a movie for everyone to watch. I said, 
you know me. <laughs> She's like, yeah, I trust you. And I said, oh, oh no. <laughs> so I oh, thought about no. it and I was like, what's the most happy, innocuous thing I own? And I thought, the Chris Reeve Superman. That's perfect. I didn't have it. Oh. So, <laughs> so I ordered it, but it was coming in late. I wasn't going to get it in time. So I went with the next best thing, which is the 1966 version of Batman. Yes. Oh, wow. Pleaser. It went over so well. We had people from all over the world. Everybody dug it. You, you, it's not a sophisticated movie. <laughs> <laughs> On the surface, so it's not sophisticated. <laughs> True. It's, they had to really know what they were doing to pull off purposeful camp, but yep. they. <laughs> Some days you just can't get rid of, get a, bomb. Rid of a bomb. Yeah. Well, what I love is that in most episodes of Batman the TV show, Adam West is the only one who gets the joke. But in that movie, there are maybe four or five that know what they're doing, and then Burt Ward is just over there in the corner, earnestly punching his own fist. You know. <laughs> I gotta say, Frank Gorshin was in on it. Frank Gorshin knew what he was doing. Yes, absolutely. Oh my god, yes. (laughs) Supposedly, uh, Adam West and Frank Gorshin (laughs) were invited to an orgy in Hollywood, and they got kicked out because they wouldn't drop character. (laughs) (laughs) I have a new time machine destination. Uh, this is the third greatest submarine movie ever made (laughs) (laughs) behind Das Boot and uh, yeah no no well I I was going to go with the bottom of the sea in Latitude Zero but yeah (laughs) you know what I I heartily endorse Batman the 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 motion picture that is an awesome that that is just a slice of candy colored joy all the way around who can't enjoy that movie <laughs> oh it's brilliant somebody with way more editing skills than me took film clips from the 66 batman movie and like sliced diced and rearranged them with the audio from the dark knight trailer <laughs> <laughs> and it is way awesome <laughs> I will be sending y'all a link when we're done with this. Just the super serious. <laughs> Do you bleed, old chum? Yeah. <laughs> well, I know. I bet Cesar Romero knows how to make a pencil disappear. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the kicker of it is that that whole bit where they figure out the clue is. <laughs> It's just wonderfully circular logic to the point where it's like, I would, I, I've would i always wanted to be in the writer's room when they came up with that, you know? Oh, yes. Love, all of the actual criminal deduction in that movie is fantastic. Right from the beginning, it was at C, C, God. Catwoman. <laughs> Did, That's am I the only one here? There. Am I the only one here who read the James Robinson Starman back in the 90s? No, I did. There's a bit where he gets sent back to 1951, and the Starman of 1951 does some great head trauma deduction. (laughs) Like, it had to be a reference to the Batman, you know, closed head injury uh, deductive reasoning, where they said something like, it was 
Nimbus imports, another word for Nimbus cloud, another word for cloud mist. It must be the mist <laughs> as the main bad guy against the Starman of the forties. So, you know, it, it fit into continuity and it was like somebody staring off into the middle distance after they got punched in the skull. <laughs> Awesome. Oh my God, Chad's cat showed up. Hello. Hey, the what? cat. Oh my God. Hey, it's WMD. I believe you. I halfway expected <laughs> to try to take us out She somehow. does exist. Yeah. Stuff. She's coming in for a close-up. Look out. This is not <laughs> a cat. <laughs> cool. All right, Steph, let's jump to your pick for a movie that would get you invited back to a party. Okay, well, mine aren't going to be as um, thoroughly um, discussed and enjoyed as your guys. <laughs> I went with movies that I want to see. Okay, so <laughs> no, whether not. anyone else likes it or be damned. Um, <laughs> Punk rock. Yeah, and uh, the first, the, the one I picked was um, Equilibrium. I have a, a visual aid, which I realize is useless on a podcast. <laughs> Hold it closer to the mic. <laughs> yeah. Is that the Christian Bale T. Diggs uh, vehicle? Yeah. 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 I have seen it. That movie's wacky. Yeah, and Lee Watson. And... All right, tell us. About I like it. it because I think it's better than The Matrix, and it, but it's similar, and um, the futuristicness of it, the weird storyline of, of people getting rid of their emotions and. Uh, and the the guy who enforces that Christian Bale's character who has to enforce people not having emotions, um, suddenly discovering that emotions are you know pretty cool. So, um, <laughs> and then the final kick-ass fight at the end. I just I don't know. I, it's one of my favorite movies. And I I love it, and I think it's a good party movie. You know, good fighting, good drama, good everything. If what if Fahrenheit 451, but way more ass kicking? <laughs> <laughs> I I really like that movie. That it's a lot of fun, but it also tries to have a couple ideas, which is probably why there was no sequel. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I liked watching Tay Diggs get his face sliced off. That was pretty damn cool. That was cool at the end. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Gun kata. Yep. And, you know, the, the second Christian Bale gets on screen, you know, the, the yells of, oh, good for you, start, you know. And... <laughs> so, yep, that's me, done. No, I like that movie. That's a good pick. Okay. Okay, okay. Tim. Thank you. Tim, what do you think? All right, well, I actually wrote down three choices for mine for each category in case somebody else picked it and I didn't go first. What do you think the odds prepared. of that was? <laughs> <laughs> well, we're a lot like each other, so That's maybe <laughs> it might be that somebody else has to, to uh, drop out and come up with something real fast. But I went with one that is funny, has a great deal of ass kicking in it, and absolutely no plot to get in the way of the story. <laughs> Drunken Master 2 from oh, 1994. Yeah. Yes. Edward Tang, Men Ming Tong, and Kai Chi Yuan, directed by Chia Lang Liu and Jackie Chan. It's, it's just a series of people getting their asses whooped. Sometimes the hero is doing the whooping. Sometimes he is on the receiving end of the whooping. 
but it's just like there's one fight scene that destroys an entire tea house. There's one <laughs> underneath a train that would have been like the wrap up fight in any other movie. And it's just <laughs> the start on this one. But my absolute favorite, I think it's Jackie Chan at the pinnacle of his uh, his talent for humor and for physical violence on film is when he's outnumbered six to one by these dudes in suits and ties and his mom keeps whipping bottles of wine and liquor at his head as hard as she can so that he can catch them, shatter them, drink the booze and power up his drunken boxing skills. (laughs) And during that scene, he keeps taking the guys like ties and vests and jackets off. So he's, he's de anglicizing all the people he's fighting but mostly it's just that it's completely ridiculous and he's bouncing around all over the place, drunk, drunk as a lord, and kicking people or punching them or both. See, now I ran into the same issue when I was selecting my movie. Do you think subtitles are a killer in a oh, party atmosphere? Uh, for this one, I don't think it's available in the States without the English dub, or at least Ah. I've got English dub, uh, Harvey Scissorhands imported it. I don't think the DVD has the original dubbing, uh, the original language track. And it actually, it came out on VHS, like back when it, it originally hit theaters in 94, 95, uh, for the dub job, Jackie Chan's English had improved enough that he was able to do his own dialogue. Oh. So, nice. so if you could yeah, get like, like the Jackie... old score and the new dub, that would be okay. That would be okay. two, two of my I think bringing Jackie Chan to the party in any form is a great idea. That's what I think. <laughs> <laughs> But I have the feeling like I don't drink alcohol, but a lot of my friends do. So if if it was like do a shot every time he leaps off a thing, I mean it, oh. it's a party <laughs> in a box. <laughs> Then they're hauling them out. What's the Monty Python line? They're fishing them out of the sewers every half an hour. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that would be fun. Yeah, and Jackie Chan is just a perfect ray of sunshine, you know, along with the, you know, I'd put Adam West and Jackie Chan next to each other in heaven and just kind of see what happens. (laughs) (laughs) Very good. Cool. I like it. Chad, what is your uh, bring it to the bring it to the party movie? Okay, well, my thinking and logic on this is bring something that is so mind-blowing. What is happening? What the hell is going on? What is this? This is awesome. So on that note, I am going to bring a copy of For Your Height Only. Oh, no. Oh, my God. Oh, no. (laughs) You're not getting invited back. Yeah. For those of you who are initiated, uh, For Your Height Only – is a Filipino uh, James Bond spoof, only James Bond is played by an adorable little midget, little person, dwarf, what, called Wang Wang is his name. <laughs> and it's played razor straight, Yeah. only it's a midget as the hero. There, there are scenes where they throw him down the steps of people. There are scenes where they hang him on a wire with a fire extinguisher strapped to his back yep. and push him out and pretend he's flying. <laughs> And the thing is about this little, he's like really tiny, but he's like perfectly proportioned. And so he handles the, the dust ups and the fighting really well. And the greatest thing about that, that movie is, is, <laughs> it, 
it, it follows like itself. It has its own logic. It follows it to a logical conclusion. If your good guy is a midget, the only way to defeat him is with a bigger midget. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Big. Who spoilers. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> spoilers. And so... I, uh, I don't know if that's the one I saw. I saw one of his movies where the villainous trap to dispose of him was to stick him in a birdcage and throw him overboard. No, I don't think that was for your height only. I think, cause he made like two other ones. Yeah. I don't think it was that one. But but yeah, no, it's wow. just, and then like the, the sex scene with the gal, it's like, you're very petite, like a potato. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, like, it's like a wildcat dub job and the people who wrote the dialogue are from Mars, obviously, because it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> But no, it just the movie's amazing. It just, and it's like you it's like a movie that will stop the conversation dead in its tracks as everybody gapes at the TV. That's my end goal. <laughs> I salute you, you insane person. <laughs> I don't know. That I don't, might but, have a risk of you being kicked out. <laughs> It depends on the crowd. Yeah, I'm just sitting over here trying to come up with short James Bond movie puns, you know, the quarter of Solus or, you know. Yeah. <laughs> that was the best I came up. That was the best one. Five dollar chip at short Casino Paul. Royale. Octokitten. <laughs> Very good. Very good. You only live half. An obstructed view to a kill. <laughs> we're bad people yes, we just have bad things in uh, North I, think, I think Mike was next to me when I made the joke I was least happy with myself at B-Fest <laughs> we were watching Terror of Tiny Town yes. vigilante group is going out to kill the bad guy and I said something like I'd rather be judged by six than carried by three <laughs> <laughs> yes you should be I, ashamed but that's very funny yeah i still i'm very proud that we emptied the theater for that one mm, yep. <laughs> that's, that's like a merit badge <laughs> like, oh god we stayed for hieronymus merkin but we can't take this <laughs> achievement unlocked <laughs> appalled the b-fest regulars uh. <laughs> All right, so that comes to me, I'm afraid. Um, and <laughs> me too. I am. You. Ah, yeah. <laughs> oh, the cat. Oh, the moving cat. Hi, you. Come here. <laughs> so I'm gonna do a recent one, and one that we've talked a lot about on the podcast. But it really is the last movie I've watched that I can't wait to show other people. And not just you know, I know what it is. Not just you guys, but the normies, because I I, I showed it to you know, to my, to my daughters as quickly as I could. Um, and you have to sit them down and you have to fight through a little bit to get there, but the payoff is so worth it. And that's one cut of the dead. Have you guys seen it yet? Oh, not yet. Oh yeah. Oh my God. You have to. I can't. Yeah, sure, it's great. That, that was like my, the best time I had watching movies with you guys was that one. Yep. Like imagine a, a zombie movie that is uh, like starts off as a B minus zombie movie and then becomes noises off. It's, it's, hard. it's <laughs> okay. really hard to describe without getting, getting into, into just debilitating spoiler yeah, territory. Don't the spoil more it. You spoil it, the yeah, worse don't it spoil gets. It. But Oh my God, it, it is, it is the most fun I have had watching 
watching anything in probably the <laughs> yeah. last six months yeah. to a year. It, it is just a, a golden movie. And uh, I hate to say this, but I would like to see it remade for an English language audience just so the concept could get out there. I mean, the, the movie that exists exists and it's perfect, but just I, I want everyone to see it, you know, and experience the joy of it. it, it and the, I wish I could talk about it more, but I'm not going to. Yeah, I, I had to subscribe to Shutter the very next day just so I could show it to my daughter. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Good. <laughs> yep. All right. So the first Zoom call is ending. We're going to come back here in just a just a minute and do our uh, our picks for movies that will get you ki- uh, kicked out of a of a party. Uh, I'm afraid we might have to buckle up. This one's going to be rough. Yeah. Well, for sure. All of us. Challenge yeah. accepted. <laughs> So who wants to? I'm, I'm gonna. I'm. I'm not gonna do the randomizer this time. I'm just gonna throw it out there. Who wants to do their get kicked out of a uh, of a party movie first? I'm gonna leave it up I wanna to you. I want to go. I want to go last because I almost positive nobody picked mine. Okay. Who wants to go? Who wants to go? I'll go. All right, Steph, hit it. Atta baby. Okay. <laughs> All right. This movie is dear to me. I don't know why, but I love it. Hey, I'm Katie. Uh, <laughs> I can't control her. <laughs> Nobody can. There's a um, the end I, of the episode. I think I've showed it to the, the boys before, but um, I don't know what they thought of it. But I love it, and it's the pirate movie. Yes, you did show oh. the pirate movie to us. <laughs> is, this, is this the Kevin With, Klein? No. No. no, this no. Is, um, Christy McNichol and Christopher Atkins. And who's the? It's a take on the the Pirates of Penzance kind of parody yeah. with modern music from 1984. Is the oh my god guy George Hamilton? It's brilliant. Am I, am I remember George, George Hamilton's yeah. in it. Oh yeah, he god. plays the pirate king. Go on. Why were you not issued a copy of this? I don't know. It's I think badass. I love it so much. The music is great. The the movie is cheesy as hell. It's funny. I don't know. But it's it's not everyone's cup of tea. So, so, so what scene do you think would get you the weirdest looks, and then what scene do you think would clear the room? <laughs> Probably all of the sisters of her, hers, oh um, singing on the beach. That scene was bad. With their oh, parasol yeah. twirling. <laughs> and... And then uh, the one that would get me kicked out, I don't know, it might be the very, the finale, the give me a happy ending uh, song that they all do. I seem to remember, I seem to remember that movie also being very rapey. Is that right? Oh, yeah. yeah. There's a a pie fight. Yeah. (laughs) In the pie fight scene, there's some, uh, a little bit of that. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, just a little. Slight. Slight. You know, but anyway, yeah. That's I don't my, think that's my you know you get the right crowd that could be a party though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. But I mean, the people. I seem to recall we made you it. Guys, what? You guys? I, said, I recall we made it. Yeah, yeah but you're post doctorate at this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If I showed this to normies, I don't think they would appreciate it. Like <laughs> it's it's herd immunity. 
Oh, no. There was a, Sorry. a DC comic in the 90, 90s called uh, The Hitman. And oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. there were people in it that called the normies uh, Norman and Norma. So uh, anyone who was part of normal society was Norman or normal. So every time I'm hearing normies tonight, I'm seeing this yellow-jacketed hitman. Tommy Monaghan. Sean was... Yeah, Sean, was that the series where they had the one guy who would weld dogs to people's faces? Yep. Yep. Okay. Named Dog Welder, <laughs> unsurprisingly. Right. You know, I've read a lot yeah, of that, stuff. It was in the I've, 80s. I've watched a lot of stuff. I have never heard that combination of words together in that in that way before. <laughs> <laughs> well, thing. dog to your yep. face. Huh. Uh, but yeah, that sounds like a that sounds like a great movie. <laughs> oh God, I'm here for disastrous musicals. <laughs> We're already locked into year three, Sean. <laughs> All right, I'll go next. And here was my thinking when, when I put this together: is what kind of person do you least want at a party? And me? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> Me personally, the, the type of person I don't want at a party is a political troll, you know, as someone uh, who's going to jump uh, around oh, and yeah. just start screaming about, you know, whatever and is contrarian for no good reason. Someone like Gaspar No, you know, the filmmaker. So, so I choose Irreversible, uh, the movie that's Ooh. not so much a movie but more of an argument <clears throat> as to whether or not it wow. should exist or whether or not it's it's you know worth worth having on celluloid. Has anyone here seen Irreversible? I haven't. Heard yeah, that one might clean the room. Yeah. Yeah. So here's the plot of Irreversible. Lovers go to a club. The female of the uh, of the couple is brutally raped. They uh, deal with that for a bit, and then the male of the couple takes a fire extinguisher and beats the rapist to death. The end. Now the, the it wasn't the rapist. No, yeah, yeah, well, yeah, spoiler, well, never mind, yeah, it wasn't. Sorry, spoilers. Anyone, yeah, like I'm going to see it. Yeah, like I'm going to watch yeah. this again. But um, there, <laughs> there's this family member that, of mine where back in the DVD age where you would actually have DVDs, he had, you know, the, a big DVD shelf and it, it was full of kids' movies and then, you know, action movies and then just flat in the middle of this thing is irreversible. And I said, why do you have this? And he said, I have it. Because uh, I have a right to have it. And I'm like, <laughs> well, I suppose you do. But, and, and of course, this guy was just like a raging libertarian asshole. I mean, you know, just, just you know, that sort of thing. And it's like. But it's, you repeat yourself. Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so if someone brought Irreversible to a movie, I would leave that party. Like, as fast as I could, because I would know exactly who I was dealing with and what they were trying to do. And I don't want any part of that. I don't want any part of that movie. I don't want any part of that discussion. I'm done. I'm out of the phase of my life where I ever want to think about that movie ever again. Ta-da! Cleared the room. That's that's my that was my pick. It's not fun. It's a dark movie. It should, you know, we could argue as to whether or not it should exist, but I don't want to. You don't even want to see it. No, well, no, I don't. And you know what? Give me Monica Bellucci nine times out of ten, and I'm, you know, I'm a happy boy. Mm. But that one time is irreversible, and I'm not happy at all. <laughs> yeah. 
it's it's interesting that you choose something that you don't want to put up with. <laughs> like this is so toxic. Yeah, that's what I was going. <laughs> It'll for. destroy me. <laughs> Hook me up. I do with... not wish to be at this party. Let's yeah. watch Irreversible. Well, no, I mean, okay. So let's do this thought experiment a little bit. Say you bring the most vile movie you can think of. Say you bring a Serbian film to the movie, okay? That's different, or to a party. That's different than bringing Irreversible. Because a Serbian film, you're just trying to be a gross-out asshole. But Irreversible, you're trying to be a political jerk, right? You're trying to bait people into a intellectual discussion as to the art or not art of this particular piece. You're trying to be an intellectual without having any of the human emotion that goes with, you know, with, uh, um, you know, having a flesh suit that your soul is carried around in, you know, I mean, it's, it's just an act of pure intellectual Hatred. masturbation and I hate it. I hate it anyway. Oh yeah. 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 I've I hate those punk films. Yeah. Yeah. It okay. just depends on what flavor of edge Lord you're going to be. Exactly. There it is. <laughs> You but are you afraid that people will think you're the edgelord? <laughs> Trust me. If I... you brought it and you didn't introduce it with, I'm trying to clear the room with this. <laughs> I made a bet. I have no defense to this. You know, I decided uh, I have no defense other than to say that is the type of thing that I, that would, would make me leave as fast as I could. So I imagine it would okay. make other people leave, you know, I, <laughs> and if it doesn't, you know, something about them. Yeah, <laughs> indeed. I mean, I can throw on Romeo and uh, Romeo and Juliet, you know, from, from Lloyd Kaufman, but some people would enjoy that. You know, I wanted something nobody would enjoy. <laughs> All right, I'm done. <laughs> I failed at this task. Someone save me. <laughs> I'll go next. All right. I'll go sure. next. Um, so we're, we're like kind of, well, yeah, we're kind of staggered that way. Yeah, sort of. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. I can see this. So <laughs> anyway, I wanted to be before Chad because I want to hurt his feelings and then have him try to be coherent. <laughs> that's my sean <laughs> so my standard answer my usual thing would be to say that i'd bring forbidden zone the the uh richard elfman opus which will clear the room uh for sure um <laughs> But because I like here. that movie, yeah, for the it's record, a good one. I enjoyed that movie also as well. I mean, it's completely indefensible, but gosh darn, it's charming. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so um, little story to, to pad your runtime. <laughs> And, and Mark here and to cut. Just... All right. <laughs> and that's so, why I suggested. <laughs> so when I was a teen, my brother and I would uh, spend one summer watching uh, 50 cent horror rentals uh, uh, from Family Video. And uh, this is when we came up with the theory uh, that uh, that if you want something absolutely just ridiculous, look for Linnea Quigley's name in it. 
and you will not be disappointed because you know certain things. One, the movie does not have a budget. And two, Linnea Quigley's in it. So, <laughs> uh, so we rented a lot of films this way and we were let down so many times in exactly the way we expected to be. Flash <laughs> forward, me as an adult, I'm like, hey, wow, there's a Just Franco movie? With- oh, no. <laughs> with Linnea Quigley wow I've got to see this sign me up <laughs> and wow was it not good and then I started telling people about it and certain people like Chad said I have to see this and I said no you don't understand it's not good no 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 I want to see it No, it's worse than not good this is just horrible this like just it's all true he says i have to see it okay i warned you so i i get it to him he watches it it comes back to me through tim along with the message um uh chad told me to kick you in the balls (laughs) (laughs) metaphorically you did not specify that in the note it's a little late now (laughs) and then scott ashland watched and went it wasn't that bad (laughs) (laughs) so this is the 1998 uh disaster mary cookie and the killer tarantula in eight legs to love you What do we talk about Mary Cookie Club, Sean? We've talked about this. (laughs) Do people have a right to know? People have a right to know. It's just a chain of guys Rochambeauing each other from one who limit to who. And it all traces back to you, buddy. (laughs) Just the title alone seems worthy of growing trauma. Yeah. (laughs) The movie starts out at... If you feel you have to cut this, please do. Gentle, <laughs> gentle audience, cover your ear holes. <laughs> the movie starts off with narration of the origin of Mary Cookie and illustrates it with an in-vagina shot of a raped woman being... Uh, host to a tarantula that just wandered by. <laughs> That's how it starts. That's how it starts. <laughs> Nowhere and to it go doesn't but down. get better. <laughs> and, it, and it ends with you kicking Sean in the balls. <laughs> so please don't watch this movie. <laughs> want to watch it no, I, I my head in point of fact i do not <laughs> i swear i was watching i was watching i was watching this movie there's like a sex scene going on i dozed off for like a half hour i woke back up the sex scene was still going <laughs> well Chad, that's called pornography <laughs> <laughs> Jess Franco, you say. <laughs> <laughs> but 
but there's a but but see one of the bonuses on the disc is Linnea <laughs> bonuses. The, yeah bonuses <laughs> one of the bonuses is in the, yeah one of the bonuses is my address so you can come kick me in the ball <laughs> <laughs> One of the bonuses on the desk is, I swear to God, Linnea Quigley sitting naked in a chair doing the narr- doing the, uh, the voice track of discussing the film as it plays. <laughs> I, I picture the Frost household. It's the holidays. The doorbell rings. You think, <laughs> you think maybe it's a package from Amazon, something you ordered, maybe a gift from a family member. You open it up and there's just some stranger standing there in steel-toed boots. <laughs> Sean, it's for you! <laughs> it, they found Wang Wang! <laughs> there, are, uh, there are movies I did not show my wife. <laughs> Yeah, I would question so much if that were the opening scene. <laughs> Let's just say I had reservations after that first opening 10 seconds. <laughs> I should hope so. Oh. All right, well, um, wow. Chad, you got to follow that. Yo. <laughs> yeah, I got to follow that. <laughs> I'll do my I, best. Um, I warned you. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> I remember. I was there. Uh, <laughs> uh, again, it's one of these things. It's like I don't even. I don't. I want to not only clear the room, but I also want the host to come up to me afterwards and go, "What is wrong with you?" <laughs> uh, so I was trying to narrow it down, and it's like, "Meet the Feebles." Maybe. Yeah. That's Cannibal good. Holocaust, maybe. That's a really But I thought, you know what? I'm really going to skeeze people out, and I'm going to go <laughs> with Todd Hayes' student film Superstar, the Karen Carpenter story. Oh, no. Which is, oh. Which is his uh, dramatic recreation of the life and times of Karen Carpenter and her brother told with Barbie dolls. So it's got this weird Sesame Street. Thick, but it's also got these weird, like Louis Buñuel's subliminal cuts to like war atrocities and slaughterhouse footage, and it's just this really bizarre thing. But the thing is, to me, I think it's really good and it's really effective. But if you're not, if you're not braced for it, you're gonna know what the hell you're getting into. And uh, like I said, I, I think it'll pop through the room pretty fast. Get out of there! What are you doing? Didn't yes. he like shave plastic off of That's the, the Barbie dolls no. to show anorexia? Right, and that that was basically oh, no. it. You started off with like these, you know, like chubby baby dolls, and he just like slowly shaves it off again. If uh, Todd Hayes, you know, he did like Velvet Goldmine, and I'm not here, you know. So the dude's got some talent, and to me, it's like it's very effective. But it's just, it sort of rides that line between sincere and just like pure exploitation. And um, and again, it's, I think it's really good. So that's another reason. It's like, what is wrong with you? You like this? It's like. Yeah, I kind of do. I'm sorry. So. <laughs> you don't get it, man. It's symbolic. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Can I change my answer to Thundercrack? Because I can actually <laughs> stick through that one. <laughs> Thundercrack. <laughs> so, that's my pick. Student art film with Barbie dolls talking about anorexia cutting to slaughterhouses. Got it. <laughs> 
Got it. <laughs> <laughs> that ought to do it. <laughs> and the room is clear. Clearing the way for Tim. So, uh, you got anything better than spiders coming out of hoo-hahs and, uh, uh, slaughterhouses and, and, uh, yeah, just, just go, man, go, go, man, go. Have, have I got a movie for you? <laughs> no, no. So, <laughs> so actually I wrote down three because I wanted to make sure, like if somebody happened to pick mine, I didn't have it. So, uh, bronze medal is children shouldn't play with dead things. Oh, <laughs> that'd clear me out. The pants. Yes. The pants. From the director of Christmas Story. It is. Second place is paint your motherfucking wagon. <laughs> which I is... considered it. <laughs> Sean and I watched that, and we were in just this grueling death march of, I don't like this movie at all. And then I, I looked at the back of the DVD case and looked at the timer, and I was like, oh, good, there's only two hours left. <laughs> and so for the rest of the film, it was like, don't worry, there's only two more hours to go. I was born under a wandering star as a banger. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. The, the highlight of the movie is Les Washley Marvin. <laughs> yeah. And of course, the nitty gritty dirt band, as promised by the opening credits, performing Hand Me Down a Can of Beans. <laughs> but I realized I had to do something to be as true to me as possible something that was immensely popular and is now forgotten and disreputable and from 1962. Okay. Mondo Kani. Ooh. Nice. Train to Mondo Fine. <laughs> not, not even. Not Mondo Fine. <laughs> Mondo Kani is a, a documentary or rather documentary about right. people doing dumb, strange crap all over the world. Uh, it is racist in only a way that a pop anthropological text from 1962 Ooh. could be. Yeah. It has a lot of full back nudity of people's shoulders and things. And it just basically looks at stuff and goes, pretty stupid, huh? Over and over. <laughs> Except yeah. for the parts where they go to, like, a live cage market in, I think, Thailand where somebody wants to get a snake for, for dinner, so they show the snake being pulled out of the cage, beheaded, skinned, and dressed out for the customer. Yeah. So there's some appetite-suppressant footage in it. <clears throat> but this was such a gigantic smash that the theme song was nominated for an Oscar. It didn't win. Wow. And Frank Sinatra, yep. record, it's an Italian film, but Frank Sinatra did an English-language version of the song. Yeah. Like it was huge and it started a whole subgenre of Mondo films. Yeah. Uh, there was Mondo Connie two shocking Asia one and two uh, goodbye Africa. Goodbye. Uncle yeah. Tom. That's the worst one. That's the I, worst one. I I've never even watched goodbye. Uncle yeah. Tom. Uh, there's some stuff I can't go near. Oh, but... I've heard rumors of goodbye. Uncle Tom. Yeah. 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 So, I, so actually, I was referring to the Africa one, Africa, Africa goodbye. That's the worst one. I think. Mm. So anyway, so, go ahead. Sorry. So I'd I'd heard of this movie and we had just moved up to Michigan. I would have been 19 or 20, and the local video store had it. And I thought it was pronounced Mondo Kane because I 
read the title and never seen the title and seen the title spoken. Mm-hmm. But then on um, there's an episode of Mystery Science Theater where uh, where Tom Servo mentions like, oh, must be Mondo Khan. So I mean, the robot said so. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was a lot about movies. He's probably seen it. He's got Servo so, in his name. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm watching this movie with my parents who, oh, who haven't made no. any friends up here. Well, they see mom said that she and dad had seen it when they were dating. So it was <laughs> like, Hey, it's been about 40, 45 years. You want to check out some Mondo County? <laughs> and they said, right. yes. So the scene that really got me is that there's an ossuary in Italy somewhere that's run by a family and it's basically just bone storage. And they, the camera crew was there for skull polishing day. <laughs> and there's like a 10-year-old kid who is so not into skull polishing day. Sounds like a song by the Nitty Gritty Dirt Band. Yeah. Lee <laughs> <laughs> Marvin's skull is down there now. Pickled. And there's also stuff like, here a Gurkha tribesman tests his knife by beheading a steer with one shot type stuff. Where like... Yeah. Every every ten minutes, there's something to make you go, "What the hell?" Yeah. Does it have any Laplander women with reindeers? Not that I'm aware of, but no. you're you're referring to the holiday in Helsinki short where the women castrate reindeer with their teeth, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's very mondo. Yeah, I mean, our, <laughs> yeah. Of course, I'm referring to that. I refer yeah, to course. it about five times a day. Well, heck, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, Mondo Connie, because it was such a smash and such a genre-defining pop culture thing that is now looked at, like, to the extent that people look at it at all, it's sort of embarrassing and parochial and not very good. But I, I really think either the, the market where the person goes home with skinned snake in a bag or the beheading of the steer, either of those would be like the whole room going, get out yeah. <laughs> and take your movie with you. <laughs> yeah. Animal snuff was a big thing in those. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. it's what you couldn't get anywhere else. It's one of the right. uh, like Cannibal Holocaust is a half parody of the Mondo movie. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah, that reminds me when I was in college, you know, there was a, that guy who, you know, you could hit up and say, hey, do you have anything really terrible on VHS? And he would go to his bag and pull out, you know, something terrible. And one day he pulled out Faces of Death and, uh, you know, and, and uh, we all gathered around and watched it. And, it, you know, most of us made it through the whole thing, but that doesn't mean we liked it. You know, it doesn't mean it was <laughs> fun. So, yeah. I don't know. All right. So, well, yeah, those are those. No, to self, have Icelandic woman chew Sean's balls off. (laughs) (laughs) Got it. I'm used to frost. (laughs) Oh, man. All right. So, those are our picks. Go on. Yeah. So, those are our picks for movies that would get us uh, invited or disinvited to a get together. Um, we are going to, uh, on the other side of the guitar noise, come back with some recommendations. And uh, if you guys can stick around and tell us what you've been paying attention to this uh, past fortnight, that would be great. And we'll be right back. 
You're listening to the Prescribed Films Podcast Network, home to hundreds of hours of free podcast entertainment. The shows on this network all have a common goal, providing you with the best discussions about movies and other forms of entertainment media. The PFPN hopes to fill your ear holes with audio joy. Visit our website with links to all the other amazing shows at www.thepfpn.com. Thanks for listening. And we're back on the other side of the guitar noise. So now we're going to uh, jump into recommendations. Man, we've done, we've recommended like 50 things a piece, guys. (laughs) What? That's That's more of me than I want. (laughs) <laughs> anyway we're going to jump into what we've been uh what we've been watching reading listening to paying attention to this past uh, couple week period and uh i nominate chad to go first okay um one of the things that i recently discovered i had no idea this existed but uh, apparently one of the last things uh george romero did before he passed away was work on a documentary for nfl films huh. called night of the living Steelers which focuses on four documentary films he made between Night of the Living Dead and Day of the, or Dawn of the Dead, uh, based on the Pittsburgh Steelers, you know, his hometown. And he, he talks about that, and he visits with, like, Frank, they're like, one on Franco Harris, one on Terry Bradshaw, you know, the sports guys or whatever, but he basically talks about how he learned to edit while making those, making those documentaries. And it's really interesting, even if you're not, like, a non-sports guy, I highly recommend it. I found that on YouTube. It was really good. And then, uh, finally... Uh, I watched a film called Latitude Zero. Now, this is... <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, this is the same crew who do all the Godzilla movies, uh, Honda, Subaraya, et al. I had never seen it. I had heard about it. I had read reviews. And at the end of the day, it's like, how could I have ever known how big of a can of total lunacy that was going to be? Because that <laughs> is just crazy bonkers. And I loved it. And as Sean said, it's one of the greatest submarine movies ever made. And and it's just Cesar Romero and Joseph Cotton are just so great in it. And uh, and, and just watch it. It's amazing. I'm sorry. I'm being mauled by my cat as I speak. Ah! Hello. Roar. <laughs> Roar. Roar. <laughs> just when you think there can't be any more gold LeMay in that movie, there's four gold LeMay. <laughs> or... Or the puppets where uh, Cesar Romero is taking the condor and the lion and making a condor lion out of it. And it's just like, God, it's great. Yeah, you so don't that puppet even after you see it. It's right. <laughs> that sounds like a so party. Highly, yep, highly recommend it. What's it called again? Latitude Zero. That sounds like a winner. Yes. I w- it used I w- to be... Sorry, it used to be a radio show. And I would love to get really recordings of that show yeah they thought they were going to make a film franchise out of it okay (laughs) and they got that wonderful mess (laughs) (laughs) i can see kind of a serial thing out of that that kind of makes sense yeah it just it felt like an old like like an old alex raymond cartoon you know that kind of thing like flash Gordon or buck rogers or something it really felt like that. So, like I said, highly recommended. I'm sorry it took me 50 years to watch the damn thing, but uh, <laughs> go watch it. Go watch this now. So that's it for me. All right, let's jump to Tim. What What's your recommendation for the for this uh, podcast session? 
Well, I've been watching a lot of stuff, but Aliens is right there in the alphabetical order. <laughs> so when I'm panning through the on-demand, it's like, hey, I haven't seen Aliens in a couple of days. Boop. But we've all seen <laughs> Aliens. Uh, so David Simon, the guy no, who we haven't. Liar, Dude, <laughs> she had a traumatic alien experience. Yes, seeing it way too oh, long. traumatic oh, alien experience. Oh well, then no. Watch something okay. else. There's a lot okay. of other choices. <laughs> so, uh, David Simon, the guy who did The Wire, uh, did a couple of one-season book adaptations that I really enjoyed. One of them is called "Show Me a Hero," and it's uh, Oscar Isaac as the youngest large city mayor in American history trying to navigate the prejudices of the people in Yonkers and the lawsuit that the city lost that is going to bankrupt them in under a week if they don't start building public housing. Uh, it's got an amazing cast. Uh, Bob Balaban is the federal judge that keeps trying to tell everybody, no, you lost. We've already handed down the ruling. Here's what we're doing. I love Bob Balaban. Uh, oh, he's, he's just the man. Yep. Alfred Molina's in it. There's even... Uh, a uh oh, of course i can't remember the the guy's name now jim belushi uh oh. is in it and he's actually quite good like they got a good performance a legit good performance out of jim belushi huh. who i've always thought of as basically just a mediocrity with a good last name uh Where, that one uh hbo go has mm -hmm. it uh i also happened to pick up uh you know before the COVID shut everything down. I went to a lot of used book sales and I picked up the, the series on disc for two bucks. So like, it's out there. Your video store and or Netflix may well have it as well. And the other one that just came out, in fact, it just wrapped up Monday, is uh, David Simon's first fiction book adaptation. It's called The Plot Against America. Yes, I've heard of this. I've yeah. heard of this, yeah. Yeah, alternate history from Philip Roth, where... Uh, Charles Lindbergh runs against FDR in 1940, bec uh, becomes president, and then becomes sort of a stalking horse for the latent anti-Semitism and fascism in the American character. And we view it through one family's point of view. Uh, they're, they're trying to just live their life and do their thing. And uh, one of the people in the family winds up getting into a relationship with a guy named Rabbi Bengelsdorf, who is the good one in the administration, who's there to say stuff and, yeah. and point out, you know, how, how that's just a lie. Lindbergh doesn't have an anti-Semitic bone in his body. And then other people can go, well, I guess if a Jew said it, it must be okay. And things get really bad over the course of the book or, and over the course of the series. Um, Another stellar cast, uh, some really good child actors in it, too, because one of them is like this 11 year old kid who doesn't understand everything that's going on because Aww. he's a 11 year old kid. But it's it's very resonant with with uh, the year of 2020. There's lots of things where somebody will say, sure, he talked a big game, but he's, he's when he gets into office, they'll reason with him type things. And, you know, spoiler. No, they didn't. Take him, uh, what what's the phrase? Take him. Uh, uh, don't take him literally. Or, yeah. know, there, there's a there's a phrase that I'm not reaching for here. Yeah. So those were really good, and they're only uh, six 
six hours long a piece. They don't try to stretch it out into a 12 hour thing, a 22 hour thing. They tell the story and then they leave. And John, John Turturro's in that, right? He is. Yeah. And in one of the, the podcast, he actually plays Rabbi Bengelsdorf. Oh, okay. Uh, in one of the podcasts about it, David Simon mentioned that uh, John Turturro is one of the like honorary Jewish actors who's not actually Jewish. <laughs> He's Sicilian, but everyone was like, no, he did fine. He does, you know, did a great job. Yeah. And and he's got a southern accent because he's from like Alabama in in the story. So he's somebody that that can be used to kind of ameliorate the rough edges so that enough people will get fooled and then the rough edges can come out. Very nice. Yep. Yeah. That sounds like a uh, God, I don't want to use the word downer. I want to use the word prescient. I want to use the word inspiring. I want to use a lot of different words, but man. How about sobering. Downer. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> Political science fiction. Uh, yeah, yeah. Excellent. All right. Who's going next, do you think? Steph. I'll go. All right. <laughs> I have also been playing a lot of City of Villains. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Captain Telstar is at what level? City. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> um. Let's see. Um, a friend of mine and and Chad's and Mike's um kit recommended uh Black Sails to me. Um, pirate show that was on. I'm sensing a theme. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was unintentional, I promise. <laughs> um, I just had pirates on the brain for the past week and a half. And I am on furlough this week, so I have blown through almost all four, all four seasons of it. Um, but it's really good. It's really good. It's got that whole pirate vibe from, you know, the early 18th century. And um, it, I was telling my daughter that it reminds me of, and this is stupid, but it reminds me of the Pirates of the Caribbean ride at Disneyland which was my favorite ride. It has that that Caribbean vibe with vines everywhere and staircases going up to the brothels and, you know, and all, I, I don't know. It's just great. And, um, but it, it's about the, um, it's like a prequel to Treasure Island and it has pirates from history like, um, oh, I forgot their names already. Like, um, uh, Long John Silver? Well, he's fictional, but yeah, <laughs> he's, he's actually like, um, he's a main character in this, uh, John Silver okay. and, um, but it has like, uh, Anne Bonnie, Jack Rackham, Charles Vane from history. And then fictional ones like Captain Flint, um, who's the main uh, guy. He's played by Toby Stevens, who was in Lost in Space, the father in Lost in Space. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, who is also Dame Maggie Smith's son, which I kind of just love oh, that really? bit of knowledge well, <laughs> yeah. he was the guy yeah. in that james bond movie who put on the robot suit and punched james bond in a uh, crashing plane if memory serves <laughs> of course he did yeah um I can, but anyway i can see you that like now pirates, you're maggie smith i can see it that's weird yeah yeah <laughs> sorry but if you if you like pirates this is a really really good show um there's it's four seasons but there's only 10 10 episodes per season and it's just it's very good um i'm in the fourth season now so can't wait to see how it ends 
I'm going to have to read Treasure Island because I've never actually read that. So. I don't think I have either. <laughs> Book club. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Sean. What have you, That's what, what I've been doing. Good one. All right, Sean, what do you got? A uh, couple things. Um, I'll try to be quick this time. Um, <laughs> uh, I've been playing a lot of Animal Crossing New Horizons. You and my kid, yeah. The, I hear that game Mine is too. last. <laughs> and uh, and um, just got the uh, Resident Evil 3 uh, remake. Uh, for Xbox, yeah, so I've been playing. It's it's a little bit of cognitive whiplash, but I have been <laughs> the sweetest cartooniest game ever made in a zombie shooter. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Did you see uh, the fan art because uh, the new Doom and Animal Crossing came out on the same yeah. day? Yeah, yeah, that was <laughs> just both fan bases saying it's awesome that you get a thing you like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, but the, I think the the bigger thing uh, for me uh, on, on sort of a people just need to be more into this way is um, I got my hands on a DC omnibus of the entire 60s run of Doom Patrol. And Ooh. it is so good. Wow. I mean, I read the, the black and white showcase ones. Yeah, that's what I had uh, the first one of the black and white showcase ones. Okay. So I'm currently rereading the ones that um, that I had read in that, and it's just it's gorgeous color job uh, that they restored. It's it's just it's it's weirder than you expect. <laughs> for yeah. for that era, yeah, it's yeah. A, the, the Doom Patrol is great. I love the Doom Patrol. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, that's um, it, it's. There's still more Doom Patrol for me to get. Uh, there's um, particularly there's a run after Morrison um, uh, that has not been collected that I know of that I need to okay. get. But other than that, I have like everything now okay. <laughs> up, to, up to current. So nice. I'm, I'm just prepared to go on just a massive doom, doom patrol a thon. <laughs> and uh, not now, honey, I'm on doom patrol. <laughs> <laughs> but Sean, you haven't eaten in a day. <laughs> Don't you know I'm Robot Man? <laughs> <laughs> Shut up, trainer. <laughs> just the fact, just the fact that their very first supervillain is is like the anti um, Sa Vandal Savage. You know, Vandal Savage, Neanderthal, who became immortal and is like super strong and super smart and super wealthy and just you know, you know, sort sort you know as you'd expect from someone who's been around forever. Uh, no, Doom Patrol gets uh, General Immortus, who <laughs> looks about 160 and claims yeah. to be immortal. He's a shriveled baby man. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I always liked it, too. It's like their other main villain is a talking gorilla who's in love with a brain in a box. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> hey, now. 
a little love for animal, vegetable, mineral man. <laughs> right. <laughs> It's In such the, a uh, great series. It is. It was Books weird. Are great. They really are. It was, it was bizarre before Morrison got his grubby mitts yeah. on it. Yeah. <laughs> I assume you've seen the TV show. Oh, it was brilliant. Yeah, I just really, the, the fact really that, appreciated uh, what they did with that. Just the fact that there was a scene with cloned fascists under a hive mind tried to punch a guy made out of iron, and it went <laughs> very badly for them. I love that part. But the best part about it was that they were playing Nazi punks fuck off on the soundtrack. <laughs> That's good. That's a great That's show. Good. If you have not yeah. seen the uh, the Doom Patrol show, uh, it's it they they took the best salvageable bits out of Morrison's run, restored some older characters, and somehow made it work <laughs> when I was reading those in the eighties, I was thinking they could never ever make film out of this or any kind of visual media because it just it doesn't it doesn't work it doesn't make any sense <laughs> it's all this acid head philosophy and they, they, they managed to make it work with with farting goats and <laughs> talking well, it's like one of the characters was a street right yeah, yeah. street okay street yeah yeah Danny the street yeah. The street, as in road. Yeah, Danny the street. As in LaRue. In show. Yeah. <laughs> wow. And there's like a whole organization trying to bleach all the weirdness out of the world. And and they kind of write in that Negative Man escaped from them some time ago and they want him back. Awesome. And Timothy Dalton's in it. Yeah, Timothy Dalton's in it. Yeah, and Brendan Fraser is Robot Man. Yep, yep. And there's there's one episode where he spends 20 minutes learning to walk in his new body, and it's amazing. 20 minutes? That's a long time. That that first episode is one of the most depressing episodes of anything I've ever seen. <laughs> That's awesome. They don't have superpowers so much as continuing medical emergencies. <laughs> right? <laughs> Doom Patrol. Doom Patrol. <laughs> Doom Patrol. For heaven's sake, it's in the name. <laughs> yeah. That sounds like an awesome recommendation. Yeah. Very, very highly recommended. All right. Well, all right. Well, I will dive in with two things. One of them, uh, you know, I'm not going to come up with anything high-minded. I'm just going to tell you the things that have been making me moderately happy in the midst of, you know, all this um, <laughs> gestures while, while please excuse the everything yeah yeah <laughs> gestures at world <laughs> <laughs> and one of them is a news blooper i saw just today that i encourage you to look up it's this is not high-minded i don't pretend to be high-minded and uh it, it there it's it's from uh, the ABC affiliate New York and basically the uh, the very serious newsman in his very serious newsman voice is talking about a young man who was an all-American in lacrosse and his story has inspired millions and an outpouring of fan mail and support to his family and we regret to inform you 
that he's died. And you cut to a package of the kid walking out of the hospital as the nurses and doctors cheer as he leaves. And oh my it's, gosh. It's awesome. And then they cut back to the guy after this whole like 90 second package and he's just ashen faced and he just stu- just looks straight into the camera and goes, I'm so sorry. I, I didn't. I didn't. <laughs> it just made me so happy. And reminded me, uh, uh, it's something that maybe a young Chad Plombeck would have uh, would have directed during his days. <laughs> Didn't you have a story, Chad, about completely being asked to uh, to direct while having no experience to do so? Right, right. That's true. It happened. <laughs> do you have a tape? Yeah. I wish you had a yeah, tape. No, I do not. No, that job. That job lasted for a grand total of three days. It's like, <laughs> nope, I'm out. See ya, bye, good luck. Yeah, but the other thing that made me happy recently is uh, getting get. We've done a couple podcasts recently, and we've done fifty of these. And man, I just love love doing them with you guys. It wouldn't have been uh, wouldn't have been a good excuse to get together otherwise. But it's it's been fantastic. And hey, and if people are listening, that's just a bonus, man. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. So. We appreciate you listening if you are, and if nothing else, I get to hang out with you and all you people, and man, love you guys, hope everyone is safe, and uh, we'll be back in a couple weeks, hey, let's hear it for the uh, for the Fiasco family for coming out, yay! Thanks for having us. Thanks guys, appreciate it. <laughs> all right. You good. know, if these guys can do it. <laughs> <laughs> and we will be back in a couple of weeks. listening to the atomic weight of cheese where cult cinema is real life and real life is frequently cult cinema you can visit our website at theatomicweightofcheese.com follow us on twitter at awoc podcast see us on facebook at facebook.com slash atomic weight of cheese or shoot us an email at atomic weight of cheese at gmail.com we love your feedback motherfucker <laughs>